0: me. Hi again, it's Rob Moore here and I think we're live now.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm
0: here with Pete Leyland who is interviewing me for his podcast, uh, From Thought to Execution. And Pete wants to talk about, I suppose, dealing with and managing your fears um, and yeah, executing on your ideas in business. But look, I won't ruin the surprise. Pete, I'll hand it over to you. I am in your capable hands. I am your humble student.
1: <laughs> that's perfect hi Rob hi guys watching uh, I'm Peter Leland Jr. from Potential, and we talk about mental stability and yeah as Rob said from thought to execution getting the ideas of how you actually change your life to actually implementing it to change your life so let's go straight over uh, to Rob one of the questions I have is why people like why would you say people don't have goals or don't act on them you know initially and they give up too easily what do you, what do you think why do you think that happens so often
0: Right. So why don't they have goals? Why don't they act on them? Mm. And why do they give up easily? I think they're three different questions. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So why don't people have goals? Maybe they feel it's a bit overly simplistic. Um, maybe they don't believe in setting some kind of action or intention. Maybe they've never been taught about setting goals. Um, why don't they act on them? Maybe they're not clear enough, the goals. Maybe they're a bit it one sided are you not big enough or um too big you know and, and a little bit of a fantasy and therefore sometimes a goal too big is not empowering because it can make you feel like you're so far away from it that's why people talk about chunking their goals down mm-hmm. maybe they worry about what people think they but maybe they fear failing maybe they well, fear succeeding you know what will people say if they, they they've succeeded and they've changed and Um, So I think that there's a lot of reasons why people don't act on their goals. I think it's easier to set a goal than it is to act on it. You know, the the dream is easier than the reality. Sometimes we can get excited um, and, you know, get into something new and think it's going to save us. But then when the reality dawns of the work and the rejection and the struggle and the challenge required, then sometimes I think, well, you know, people can give up. Why do people give up? It gets hard. They stop believing in themselves. It takes longer than they thought. They have an unrealistic expectation of how long it should be. They um, get allured or um, distracted by something that looks easier or someone who looks like they've, they've got it more made. They're in this cycle, this addictive cycle of start something, quit, start something new or more exciting, quit, start something new or more exciting, quit. So there you go. There's about 12 yeah. reasons why people don't set goals, don't implement and then give up on them.
1: Yeah, I think you've, you've hit on like amazing points there. I, I find often when I was first setting goals, I'd always um, imagine myself being so good at something. And then when I started, I realised I was actually at a, a lower level than what I first believed. And that often made me feel like I couldn't do it at all. You know, because I'd sort of undersold myself, or oversold myself on what I could do. Um, and for that, the way I, I sort of got over it is obviously implementing and doing it. But um, one thing I, I sort of want to have a question for you is something I've learned a lot of, a lot of my, uh, my stuff from. How important do you feel it is having a, um, having a coach or a role model, you know, to learn from and to grow from?
0: OK, so I think we've all got coaches and role models. The question is, are you learning the right stuff from them? Because mm. just because you paid for a coach or a role model... Um, doesn't mean you haven't got one because our coaches and role models are the people that are raising us and impressioning upon us how to live and be, whether that's parents or guardians or physical coaches for sports or mentors you've hired or people you follow on social media. So we've all got them. The question is, are you strategic strategically choosing who the right people are for you? And are are you modelling the traits of the greats? Now, I believe it's vital to have coaches and mentors and a support network and people who are good in areas you're not, people who've blazed the trail that you're going down, they've trodden the path that you're about to start your journey on. Um, But I think also you've got to be very clear on what it is you want to learn from them and the traits of those greats that you want to model and not to over pedestalize them or or subordinate yourself. Um, Because sometimes when you hang around your idols or you have mentors, you can pedestalize them and make yourself feel not worthy. When in reality, we all have worth. We're just different. Now, in Adlerian psychology, they believe in having vertical relationships with people, not horizontal ones. So horizontal relationships are hierarchical relationships. Mm-hmm. Vertical relationships are you are a human, I am a human and they are a human. And we're all equal. We're just different humans with different roles. Um, And so if we look at our mentors and coaches as humans with different roles who've executed and have got skills and traits that we want to model and have in our own life and then learn from that, but don't over pedestalize them and therefore under pedestalize ourselves, then that's healthy. Just by the same token, um, if you think about altruism is, you know, too much selflessness and narcissism is too much selfishness. Mm -hmm. Um, by the same trait, we don't want to look down on people and that's easy to do as well if we feel that, if we aggrandize ourselves that we've um, been successful in a certain area, you know I find with myself, as soon as I get quite comfortable in who I am and and even dare I say it confidence because I mean I don't really get complacent and I'm not arrogant but I can get a bit ahead of myself a bit overexcited and I can get a bit confident mm-hmm. um and when that happens the um the, the universe will throw something at me to put me back into balance by humbling me by giving me some kind of criticism or shame or something just to remind me that we're all equal um so I've learned many skills and traits and disciplines from mentors and coaches. I have them in all different disciplines of my life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I think it's really important to understand about vertical relationships.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, um, that's amazing. No, that's... Right.
0: Horizontal relationships. That's vertical, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, sort Not of. Yeah. <laughs> <muscle. laughs> um choosing your influence well yeah i think that's really important to to watch who you're listening to you know what i mean and, and who you're um, who you're admiring or or who you're picking for yourself because sort of you become an amalgamation of everyone you spend time with or you listen to you know what i mean you pick up the habits in a way um
0: yeah you do and you know people are who you hang around with they rub off on you so yeah. if they're if they're drainers complainers bitches moaners <laughs> critics Mm -hmm. victims you know and I'm look like I said horizontal relationships I'm not saying that they're worse and you're Mm -hmm. better I'm just saying if people have traits that drain you and don't lift you up and don't serve you then you're best being more wise with your circle
1: yeah 100% yeah definitely If, if um at the end of the day they're not sort of making you feel um proud of who you are maybe it's time to separate yourself you know what i mean um not proud as uh, again as you said arrogance but in, in more confidence and, and uh, security um one of, uh, one of the things i was talking about goal setting is, is because obviously it can be a big part to, to self-improvement to mental stability you know all kinds of aspects of your goals uh when it comes to setting goals you've talked about uh, purpose clarity and courage i've heard you talked about that on the podcast that was amazing um Where do you find yours, you know, Mm. your purpose, your courage, your, you know?
0: Okay. So I think when it comes to business and entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. um, my purpose is very clear um, and that helps with courage. And I'll come to that in a moment. So my personal vision is to help as many people on the planet get a better financial education and to start and scale their business. Mm -hmm. So my self-worth, my purpose, my mission um, is very clear. It's very defined. I've been on that path for 15 years. I feel inspired, empowered, energized. I feel good self-worth. When you peel all that away and you're just left with Rob, mm-hmm. the, the um, who is Rob without all of these external validators, that's harder for me. And that's a, a, something I've been on more of a personal journey of searching for who I am and that I'm enough without all of those external things. Mm-hmm. Um so I'll now move back again to the, the business and the entrepreneurial um, yeah, yeah, yeah. purpose and, and vision. So clarity of why you do what you do and what the, the outcome of you, you, you as an entrepreneur or your business is gives you that confidence, that um, posture to lean into challenges in life, Um, When there's doubt and criticism and distraction, you've got a clear um, route that you know you're supposed to take. It helps you with prioritisation, stops you, helps you avoid procrastination. Um, And then the courage part is to have the volition and the bravery to fight to achieve that mission, to stand up for what you believe in, to stand against people who will fight to... Um, bring your mission down, who will criticise you, troll you, complain about you, try and make your life difficult, get in your way, drain you. Um, and this is natural because we all have a different set of values. Therefore, mm-hmm. some people will hate about you, the very thing that's great about you, and um, what you stand for, someone will stand completely against that. So I suppose the courage part is um, can you stand firm on your mission and, and your values and who you are? Now, I've always found that, um, I wouldn't say easy, but I I found that easier to do in business and entrepreneurship because I'm really clear about the vision and mission. (laughs) When when people go for me personally or start to chip away at the essence of who I am, I found that harder because I've not maybe always been clear on who I am as a person without all of that. Um, Mm -hmm. So I've been, in recent times, trying to do lots more focused work on me, who I am when you, when I'm on my own, when you take mm-hmm. away everything I've done, um, yeah. So we've got a bit of fly there. He's gone, um, <laughs> and I managed not to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Courage to be yourself. The courage to be disliked.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, that's. I think that's one thing a lot of people do struggle with uh, in the beginning. It's that whole. They don't want to fail. They don't want to be judged, and they don't have the courage to do it because they're not clear enough. You know, they're, they're not um, certain on the purpose. They don't believe in themselves enough um, or believe in what they're going to go after enough. And they just want to make everyone happy. But oftentimes that leaves you most sad because you've you got no, um, you know, self-love then. You're just doing everything for everyone else. I think that can be a, a really bad point for people to go down like a bad route. Uh, and it's important to know where you stand on things and where, where you will draw a line. You know what I mean? To, to get that inner confidence. That's just something I've, I've been through myself uh, through the years. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so in that, for yourself, if uh, obviously we all have maybe fears, maybe there's, there's times you, you might limit yourself or, or you know, put that wall up. How would you say, um, how do you take action in that moment when you feel maybe a bit vulnerable or a bit of fear or, you know, uh, uncertain? I'm sorry about the difficult questions.
0: Don't <laughs> have to be sorry. Uh, I think it probably comes back to In business and entrepreneurship terms What's your vision and mission Mm -hmm. Because if you're really clear on that Then you're clear on You're spontaneously clear on the right decision and action Mm. Um, I think as an individual It's based on your values and who you are as a person And what you stand for and what you won't stand for and how you want to be known and your morals and ethics. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I've been on this personal journey where I've, t- I've put so much of my own identity on being a businessman and an entrepreneur. I've kind of forgotten myself. Yeah, I've yeah. got myself lost. When you take all that away, I've worked every day for God knows how long and I love it. I love my business and I love being an entrepreneur. Um, but um, yeah, with yourself, it's probably understanding what your values, morals and ethics are. Um, and that's something I've had to to build up and think about what they are because it's very easy when you're an entrepreneur to put all your identity around the books you've written, the podcasts you've done, the world records you've broken, the money you've made, the companies you've built, the di- you know the, the the difference you've made, which is all the things that I've done. Yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, don't don't forget yourself in the process, which I kind of have done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I've, I've in the last sort of few weeks the lockdown really helped shake this up for me. Mm -hmm. spent the first weeks of the lockdown really redesigning our business and going from fear to actually a very successful pivot in no time at all. Um, And about eight weeks into that, I realised I've been getting up at three in the morning and going to bed at nine at night and repeating that pattern and not really done anything else and really enjoyed it in a way, enjoyed the obsession because I'm an obsessive guy. But then eight weeks in, I realize I've, I am if I'm not careful, I am going to lose who I am when you take all this away. And my therapist always says, Rob, you know, take away everything you've done and your entrepreneurial successes and all the people that follow you in that regard. Take that away and just be alone with yourself. And, you know, mm-hmm. do you really love yourself? Are, are you, do you feel you're a good person? Are you kind to yourself? Do you speak well to yourself about yourself when you are on your own? And I really struggle to answer those questions. Um, And so building up who you are as a person, not just who you are as an entrepreneur, I think will help you in those moments where, you know, you've got to have a hard conversation or you've got to open yourself up to be vulnerable or you've got to take a risk or you've got to do something that's going to hurt or you've got to do a big and meaningful task that you've been putting off for ages, all those things. I think you'll have the spontaneous clarity and empowerment to do those when you're certain of your vision and mission and
1: values and morals and ethics. Perfect, yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's that seems to be a, a sort of a growing theme of people get so uh, so busy with or occupied with their lives or even entertainment these days, you know, get lost in entertainment. They stop, again, as you said, to, to look at themselves for who they are. Um, I know, you know, th- this is something that I went through myself was, I, t- I, t- I did ever you know, I tried to do everything sort of ignoring who I was and I feel like everyone has different parts of themselves, different, um, how would I put it across characteristics in a way, you know, there's a happy Rob, maybe, you know, an angry Rob, you know, this kind of Rob and, um, a, you know, curious Rob, Rob, this kind Excuse of Rob. Rob. <laughs> but, but like you have all these parts of yourself that, that act all the time, but they never talk to each other. If that makes sense. And you never get to sort the core of who you are because you don't actually let them sort of simmer and, and find out, you know, in a way they clear vision. Um, that's something that I've had to sort of go through in meditations and stuff like that. I know you don't, uh, you've not enjoyed meditation so far, but who knows, you know what I mean? Uh, you might pick that up in a, who knows? <laughs> um, but this is one thing you, you did say, you did say you're a bottle and I've suffered from that before myself. Uh, taking everything on board that I couldn't handle, like I shouldn't have to handle. You know, I've been taking too much, you know, daily life. And in a way, what I ended up drowning in empty thoughts, like things that weren't true, I was saying to myself, and it made me feel lost. And and, um, yeah, I I had to go and camp in the woods on my own just to get out of my head, you know what I mean, just to get away from it all. So a question for me, I know you've been been sort of going down this route uh, for a bit now, you know, trying to discover yourself. What advice would you have to a younger Rob, you know, who's maybe getting so stuck in? Do you think there's anything you'd say her to make him open up emotionally whilst doing it?
0: Um, let me just clarify one thing you said because it, there was two, there's two meanings to the word bottler. All oh, so right. Bot- okay. Bottler her as, a, as in you quit or bottle her as in you bottle things up. So I think you were referring to me. I can be someone to bottle emotions rather than express them. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly growing up as a kid, I didn't like conflict at all and I'd avoid it. And I'd bottle up my angst, my frustration. I wouldn't stand up for myself. And that caused a lot of internal beating up of myself and storing all this Um, energy that became toxic inside and I now realize as an adult I need to express myself and you know my podcasts are therapeutic my books are therapeutic my content is therapeutic I need to have long interesting conversations with friends with mentors with business associates Mm -hmm. with therapists because it's really healthy for me Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah just sort of picking up on that point Um, what advice would I give younger rob well it depends on how old i am am i 15 25 35 i'm 41 now i think that um I, I am a person who gets really addicted to and obsessed by things yeah um, not things that anything when i got i got obsessed with sports and martial mm-hmm. arts and cricket and golf um you know business and entrepreneurship and mm-hmm. you know, whatever else um So I'd probably say, Rob, make sure you keep your obsessions healthy and a little bit more balanced. Thankfully, I've never been a gambler. Mm -hmm. Um, Thankfully, I haven't drunk for probably fifteen years. Really, Um, really, the only substance addiction I have is coffee. So that you know, but (laughs) but my entrepreneurial addictions at some point have gotten maybe a bit extreme. Unhealthy is probably a bit of an extreme word, but extreme or maybe unbalanced. Um, But that you see, you know. That's not necessarily advice for anyone else because other people watching and listening might not have the obsessive personality that I have or the addictive personality. They may be better at getting life balance. They may have too much life balance and they don't do enough work. They may have the opposite problem to me. I don't know. And you've got to work out how to get more focused and more disciplined. Whereas if you can relate to me and you do get obsessive about your your business and you always want to do more and grow more and prove more and be more and make more, then you know that there's. There's no off button. And you know that, um, you know, resting and relaxing and um, recovering is not really something that you do. Mm -hmm. But I'd say two times in the 15 year journey of me being an entrepreneur, that's painted me into a corner where it's caused chaos, Mm -hmm. disruption and difficulty in my personal life. And I probably didn't focus enough on my personal. I'm probably not that good at self-care. I probably don't do enough things purely for me that I enjoy. Um, And I think if I'm always telling my entrepreneurial clients and I'm always telling my friends and my family and people to take care of themselves and yourself and do the things you love and be a bit selfish from time to time. So then you're full so because you can't give from an empty cup. But then maybe I've not always been the best at doing that myself. And that's something that I'm trying to do better. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, totally agree. It's sort of, when you've got, uh, it, can, it can be a curse in a way, having such a clear vision um, and, and a purpose because then you sit around and sometimes you think, well, maybe I should be doing this or maybe I should take action on, on this that I need to do. Um, and you do, you, sometimes you burn yourself out. You don't have that downtime you need or you don't appreciate the little things around you. And it is, um, I always say in like my books and stuff, take time to just take time um, stop all the distractions and let yourself be for a little while, like live in the moment sort of thing. Um, one question I did have, though, which is quite interesting, is uh, you, you've re- you've retired many times now. <laughs> That's a luxury a lot of people haven't had. But at the same time, what's that like, you know, um, A, starting the retirement, and then B, saying, you know what, I want to do more.
0: Um, so I, I never really enjoyed retirement. I didn't fully commit to it. It's not like I sold up everything and bought a beach house. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, okay, I've I've reached a point in my life where I've got enough money to live, or I don't have to now work all the time, or um, I'm going to take my son around the world playing his wealth gold championship, So I'm going to write and launch this book, and then I'm going to step away from the office. We you know there's all the, there's been probably three or four times where, at the varying levels, I I I don't necessarily need well, I don't need to work anymore. Um, but each time I sort of say that, I, I tend to just do more of it. Yeah. So I, I, I don't do board very well. If I've completed certain things in my life, whether it's financial freedom or time freedom or I've got leverage because I've got t- a team in place that run my operations, I th- it, that just creates a void, an empty hole, which I just fill with a podcast, a book, a new company, a new project. Um, because the vision is never achieved, the mission is never complete. And I think I've kind of okayed myself with that and took a lot of pressure off myself and given myself the freedom if I want to work or work more, if I want to work less, work less, um, and, and try and keep it healthy. Um, is, is it, healthy is a difficult word for an obsessive like me because um, for me, healthy is all in and doing it all Um, But of course, that isn't ultimately healthy. So, um, yeah, retirement for me was unhealthy because it was one sided and it was unhealthy because who are you when you're retired? You're no one. You mean nothing. You do nothing. You contribute nothing. And while some people might want to get there and, I, and, and I'll let everyone make their own decision on what retirement means to them once they've tried it. I tried it a few times and I hated it because the biggest thing with, OK, I'm not going to the office or I'm, I'm, I'm no longer going to work in the way that we see it is where does your value, your meaning, your purpose, your um, worth, where does that come from? And for me, that all comes from contribution and what you build and what you create and the difference that you make. Um You know, I know I know that it shouldn't matter how many books I sell and it shouldn't matter how many podcast downloads I have. But the more you have, the more you realize you're impacting more people and the more valuable that makes you feel. And that's the opposite of retirement.
1: Yeah, I think uh, definitely, especially I mean, think about it in a way when everything stops. If you are just along with you, what's going to happen is going to end up wanting to express yourself. And I do find like the business side of things is a game. It's sort of like, oh, how can I do this? How can I make this better? Um, so some people like really enjoy the video games and stuff like that or, or pool. But then in a similar way, you could sort of get in that same sense with business. And it is an expression, you know, it can be an art style of itself. I know yourself did art and, and, and stuff like that. So um, it's quite interesting just to see how different ways you could alter your life, you know, through the expression. But yeah, a lot of people always, oh yeah, I'd love to just stay on the beach as you said, but what would you do when you was there? Could you actually do it for two weeks? You well, know? The problem with
0: the vision of retirement or anything is, is the feeling that life will be great when. Mm-hmm. Life will be great when I've got no work. Life will be great when I've got no responsibilities. Life will be great when it's easier. Life will be great when I've got enough money. But um, there is no destination in life. You don't get to the point where you are um, content because that's not Let me choose my words carefully here You can be content in a moment mm-hmm. And you can be content With you, who you are But I believe that The purpose of humanity Is survival and evolution Therefore contentment is The reward for enduring a challenge But it's not the destination Because if it was the destination Evolution would stop mm-hmm. So um You know, they say it's all about the journey, not just the destination. And I think that's what they mean. So for me, life has never necessarily got better when I became a millionaire or a decamillionaire or, you know, when I achieved this, that or the other or when I became a number one best-selling author or I got whatever, whatever I got that I wanted. Life never became better. Life became different. And all that happened is the new thing that I wanted just got reset um and so you know i've had a lot of cars um i've lived in a lot of nice places but for the last six years i've lived in the same house and actually whilst my house is lovely i could afford a much um more expensive house Mm -hmm. i I, i've said to myself i love where i live in the location i am and what we've done to the house and i could live here for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. Um, and i've said that to myself on purpose um i have a, a 300,000 pound Lamborghini Aventador And the amount of people that say to me What, what car are you going to get next And like Well I've got a 300,000 pound Lamborghini <laughs> right, Don't get me wrong It won't be worth that now They go down a lot in value um, But Why should I Why am I thinking about Why are you and why am I thinking about the next car I've only mm-hmm. had this car two years mm-hmm. And it's a trap It's a trap to always look Well no it's not a trap if you are if you have a healthy desire to grow mm-hmm. that's uh, one of the purposes of humanity i believe but as soon as you're looking at whatever is cuz there's no better looking car than a lamborghini aventador i don't need it i mean i've got a seven bedroom house i don't need a bigger house i don't mm-hmm. need, uh, so but I, I you know as an entrepreneur as someone who has got accolades that are outside of myself that that is a trap that we can easily fall into um and society does that doesn't you know you scroll on instagram and there's all these nice cars and beautiful looking people and everything is photoshopped and everything is you know it's all about more 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 so i think the paradox of growth is understand that growth and progress is evolution and therefore it's necessary and retirement is the opposite of that um but Along the journey, stop and go. Look what I've got. Look who I've got. Look who I've become. If I've I've raised quite a lot of money for various causes over the last few months, whether it's the NHS or individuals who've needed life-saving operations, and I've had these little moments where I've just sat down with myself or a friend and gone, "This is a beautiful moment." And if my life were to end now, my life would have mattered. Mm-hmm. and taking those moments just to go look what I've got look how look, look where my life is mm-hmm. it's very easy to look at what other people have got instead of looking at what you've got look at what other people have done instead of look at what you've done um yes yeah, so I think that that's an important paradox to balance the growth paradox of you know the destination mm-hmm. and the journey the only th- The only the only reward for solving a problem is a bigger problem. And the only reward for hitting a goal is a new void to chase another goal. Mm -hmm. As long as you know that you'll be on this healthy journey, whereas if you think that goal is going to save you. And by the way, we've all been there and I've been there. I've thought that other people admiring me or loving me or supporting me or or whatever, you know, that would make me feel wholesome um but but you have to feel that about yourself not through other people
1: yeah definitely i love it um finding that that time within yourself again knowing that even if you get more it doesn't mean it's going to change how you feel um that's sort of it can help with your fears that as well because if you can understand how to be comfortable with yourself um taking on fears but at the same time being comfortable where you are you know what i mean um it is that that weird balance everyone talks about um one thing I did want to ask is you I say you, you, you've done all these things you say you, you, to yourself. you uh, Often you say I'm not I don't see myself as a success, which I can understand doing some of the things I've done. And I, I said, well, I'm not, you know, I don't feel like I'm a success. But if you look at on paper, maybe um, what's I've got a question. What's the hardest or most transformational thing you had to go through, you know, to produce? this um, better quality of life? Was there like a moment that you had to face or something you had to overcome?
0: December the 15th, 2005, my dad had a massive nervous breakdown in front of all of his customers in his pub. I managed to drag him out the front and two policemen turned up, kicked him and beat him to the ground, arrested him. He got sectioned and um, diagnosed with bipolar. And that was nearly 15 years ago. And my dad's been three years into his latest episode. He's he's on the strongest medication I pretty much think you can get, mm-hmm. and he's been, you know, he's just he's there but he's not there, and it's been a hard journey with my dad. Mm-hmm. And you know, my dad's always been my hero. And that day, I sort of woke up from being a victim. I woke up from feeling like the world was against me. I woke up from being complacent and comfortable and arrogant and um lazy and entitled and all those things that end up happening to you if you don't take control of your life I was you know blaming complaining all these things mm-hmm. um, and and really in that moment that shook me to take control and I went on this long personal development journey re- reading thousands of books and you know learning and studying and starting my own businesses and trying to take control and be responsible and do good and and matter and do something, you know, that's meaningful. Um, And since then that's kickstarted a lot of things that I've done um, that I don't want to list here because I don't want to make it. But um, yeah, so that was a, that was a a, a very much a, um, a breakthrough moment for me, I would say, but Mm -hmm. It 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 wasn't like everything changed in that moment. That was the catalyst. And mm-hmm. I needed I needed a catalyst. I needed an electric shock to start. You know, I wrote a book called Start Now, Get Perfect Later, and I'm by no means perfect. And I'm still making mistakes today. And I'm still, whilst I've got some areas of my life all pretty much sorted, there's other areas, you know, I'm i I'm a student in and I'm still trying to figure out, and that's normal. But that was the catalyst. Um yeah, and I think we've got to use whatever we can to kickstart, you know, a journey of contribution and, mm-hmm. and value. I think it's very easy to become selfish. You know, mm-hmm. it's, human nat- it's human nature to be selfish, and there's nothing wrong with being selfish. But as it, when you're in a lot of pain, you become selfish. When you're just focused on, I need to make this money, I need to pay these bills, I need to, you know, I need to sort my own shit out. That, that's a very selfish energy. Mm-hmm. And it's okay because you've got to, you know, what is it they say? Charity starts at home. But life will really start to mean something and grow and and give you everything that it can once you become more selfless and once you are, are able to do more for your community, your county, your country, your continent, your globe, your planet.
1: Um, so, you know, mm-hmm yeah perfect perfect I mean obviously yeah um people are, are faced with horrendous difficulties you know every day and it it can make you grow some people it unfortunately can can make them um, more afraid and, and uh, close up but but sometimes those difficult moments are what builds a great character you know what I mean um obviously it depends but the the, the subject of uh, giving back and that kind of you know having some contribution. Uh, with you helping me in this sort of way, you know, putting me on this amazing platform, that's incredible. Um, and I think the only thing I can give back to you in this this kind of uh, way is that I feel like people look at people in your posi- like people in your position, like you know, influencers and podcasters and people doing well, and and they look at then types of people and think, oh, well, what can I get from them? You know, and they don't actually look at someone as who they really are. Um, so the only thing I I can feel I can give back to you Robert, is essentially um, send you my number and anytime you know you need you can give us a call about any issues I know you've got therapists and friends and all that kind of stuff but I think just having that contact to have someone to say you know you need a rant even though your rants get amazing views um, or you need someone to talk to about deeper things or you just want to be heard or seen uh, I think that's the only thing I can offer you currently but you know um, I'd always like I had a call at 3 a.m. the other, you know, the other uh, day uh, from someone who was just, uh, you know, needed that kind of reassurance. And I've all I'll always feel better being woken up by someone who needs me in a weird way. It's a very strange thing that that feeling of being able to um, help people. You know, sometimes your mission can be outside of yourself. I think that's mm-hmm. one thing that we can get into with the fear side of things, you know, overcoming fears. If you think about other people who need you you can overcome them because you're thinking about them rather than yourself, um, especially with uh, all the people you help as well. And do you find that with yourself? Do you find that, that giving back gives you sort of courage and, and drive and anything like that? Or
0: Yeah. So um, like you said, when I um, accept interviews to be on other people's podcasts, which I'm probably doing on average one a day at the moment, and I think we have a bit of a backlog, I will more than happily live stream it to my Facebook page. Disruptive Entrepreneur Group, my YouTube channel and wherever else. And I know a lot of people, if they want to be interviewed, they won't do any of that. So mm-hmm. why do I do that? One, because I see it as a way to add value, to give back, um, you know, to give you some benefit and value to get your channel out to more people. And, and that just feels good to do. And that just makes me feel a bit different to other people who m- maybe wouldn't do that. Of course, I get benefit because I get to put more content on my own channels and I get to leverage your questions, so I don't don't even have to come up with the content myself, so it's a win-win there. Does it make me feel good? Yeah, it makes me feel really good. makes me feel really good. Um, In in Adlerian psychology, it's Alfred Adler. I definitely think that's worth studying for a lot of people. Um, Jung and Freud were far more famous um, philosophers, psychologists, whatever you want to call them, but Adler was one of the big three, mm-hmm. um, and he simply talks that self worth is created from giving value to other people. That's the the one definition of self worth in Adlerian psychology. So, yeah, I am. Um, I try my best to give back as much as I can in various different ways, giving you a platform. Um, calling people friend of mine online, never met him, but online he follows my work and we've got good dialogue and banter. He's a, w- a fellow watch fan. And um, he had his fourth heart attack. So I just called him up and chatted to him for 20 minutes. Um, and there's lots of, I don't want to sit here and go all the things I do to, to prove myself. Um, but every single day um, I try and do at least one thing or more, which is kind and, um, so um, if people read my books, they hear me talk about all these ac- um, acronyms like KRAs, which are key result areas, and KLAs, which are key life areas, and IGTs, which are income-generating tasks. But I have one that I've I, up until maybe a week ago I never shared, and I, I've been doing these every day for years, and that's DNTs, which is do nice things. Be nice. So every morning I have in my – diary Mm -hmm. dnts that pop up do nice things maybe that's randomly shouting out someone to my community because i've got quite you know i'm I'm, i've not got 100 million followers but i've got a good following i've got a big following and you know a message from me about for a client or for someone who uses my podcast agency or a friend you know that can actually make a big difference to them so i might do that um you know or i might um Send a nice WhatsApp message to someone, or I might buy someone a random gift that's anonymous or whatever. Um, when someone has become a good friend recently and helped me out, and I bought her a McQueen handbag, um, and, and just I don't know, it just makes me feel really good. And, um, I think it's very easy to get obsessed by your problems, your challenges, your goals, the things you want, the things you need. And I've definitely I have been drawn into that in, in certain areas of my life where you can feel quite lost and lonely and not supported. And um, but the simple best way for me to feel good about myself. And I think there's something humanitarian in this. I think it's hardwired into our psychology is to be, be valuable and contribute and do good things for people. Um, and I think if you can do one nice thing every day, imagine the butterfly effect of that you know, that could be a significant telling someone that you care about them, that you're thinking about them. Mm -hmm. Um, by the way, I'm not sitting here preaching that I am. I have also done things that are mistakes. I've done Mm -hmm. things that are selfish. I've done things to hurt people. Don't, don't, I mostly don't intend to do those things. Um, but you know, sometimes we can all get wrapped up in our own pain and our own problems, but, um, I think it's a good thing to try and do.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Um, as said, just contacting someone here and there, just reminding people what you appreciate the, about, like, the past or who they are, that can change their day in an instant, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and um, give them hope, uh, maybe when they don't have any. I think, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, that's all the sort of questions I had laid out for you, um, but do you have anything to add on what we've been going through, sort of this this fear of taking action, or even, <clears throat> even deeper, um, you know, Discovering who they are to be comfortable where they are. Do you have anything more to add? or?
0: Yeah. So um, I think that whilst fear is a necessary emotion because it keeps us surviving and without fear, we'd all be dead. Mm-hmm. So it's a necessary emotion, but I think it's also a prison. And I think the things you fear the most are the bars that trap you. And if you can face up to rejection, to loneliness, to ridicule, to criticism, um, to resistance, to um, all the things that you worry may go wrong and you can face up to them or you can move forward despite those fears, I think that's where all the beauty, the results, the gratitude, the progress of life lie lies, is, on the other side of fear. So um, actually thinking about what fear means, and instead of the fear coming and you retreating,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I interviewed JP Sears, who's brilliant, and he said, if I get those feelings of fear, that tells me I'm probably doing the right thing, and I try and lean into it like a warrior Mm -hmm. instead of backing off from it so leaning into your fears like a warrior you know the fear of um conflict if you have that the fear of getting rejected the fear of you know being publicly humiliated or embarrassed um you know if it's putting your work out there the fear of making mistakes the fear of being judged oh man there's so many fears and all fears are interpersonal Um, I.e. they're based around how we interact with others. Okay, maybe take away the the natural fears of death. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, apparently the greatest fear is the fear of the unknown. Um, You know, and and how much do we all fear being ostracized or misunderstood or alone or ridiculed? Um, But unless you face those fears and embrace that courage to be disliked and rejected, you're never going to be free. Freedom is the bravery and courage to be ridiculed, rejected and disliked for who you are, because if you can't embrace being ridiculed, ridiculed, rejected um, and criticised for who you are, you will never be who you are. So if you're never who you are, you are always posturizing to be who everyone else wants to be. And that means you have to be this chameleon in every given situation. So you lose yourself. If a chameleon changes colour so many times, what colour is the chameleon? The chameleon doesn't know what the colour is because it's changed colour so many times. It doesn't know what its base colour is. And if you just always moving around and dancing and posturing, oh, I've got to be like this for them and this for them and this for them and, for them, and subordinate to them and I've got to show strength to them, and blah, 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 then who the fuck are you? Um, and that is a journey in a dance that is probably one of the greatest ones we will go on and definitely one I've been on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I'm still trying to wrestle with them and, and face with with courage like that warrior. So face your fears like a warrior, lean into them. Um, and I think that life will give you everything that you want, want it to give you. Um, but, you know, don't expect it to get easier. Just try and get yeah. better and know that the reward for solving a problem is a fucking bigger one.
1: <laughs> that's true yeah i'll give you that oh wow um okay well I, i've been over this kind of things in my book um my, my first one was execution of the mind was about the question who am i that was it started off as me expressing myself the whole question in the book was you know I, lo- I lost myself in empty thoughts and i was trying to rediscover who i was by going through my past you know problems being bullied and this kind of thing i had long hair so it was like pulling the wrong like, stuff like that um, and it was um that fear of rejection, fear of um, judgment, all these kinds of things I had to go through, losing houses, jobs, you know, living on a floor for so many months and all this kind of uh, stuff. It's sort of, you have to really go into dark places in yourself to understand that, you know what I mean? You sort of have to embrace things that you, you may be avoiding. Um, but I wouldn't do that without like, the right support, you know what I mean? I wouldn't advise anyone to do it the way I did in the woods on your own. Um <laughs> But, you know, what about yourself? Is there, is there anything now for you? Do you think there's anything that you can um, sort of give give to others uh, in a way like that, sort of help them discover themselves? I know podcasting, you know, the, the things you do, uh, helping people choose their podcast, that's an that links up perfectly you know that expression of who they are
0: yeah i think i think we've all got some mission and purpose for life and i think feel like one of the purposes of life is to find your purpose you know without purpose and hope what what do we have and who we are i don't know we're lost we're directionless rudderless we, you know so to be able to say that you know my purpose of life is to help as many people on the planet get a better financial education and start and scale their business That means I've got value meaning. That means I can matter to some people. And I think really that if you search for your purpose, your mission and your vision, and don't worry if you're lost today, if you keep asking yourself every day, what's my purpose? What's my mission? You know, what am I supposed to do? Don't compare it to anyone else. It doesn't have to be universal. It could be national, local, even in your community to start with. Um, Then I think. You know, you're going to be able to express yourself, be free, find out and discover who you are without comparing yourself to anyone else, or you know, having all those fears hold you back.
1: Yeah, hundred um, percent. I'm, I'm, uh, I think the, the the basis of this podcast, really, when you when you sum it up, is, you know, if, if you don't risk anything, <laughs> you risk everything.
0: <laughs> How do you feel about that, Rob? Um, yeah, well, thanks yeah. for saying my my sign out um, quote. <laughs> But oh, I'd steal it from you. <laughs> yeah, do. Do. Uh, yeah, so I wrote a book called Start Now, Get Perfect Later. I think that's something else that I live by as well. Um, start Now, Get Perfect Later. Um, you know, your business model you're trying to search for, your meaning of life, who are you, your purpose, your vision, you know, the target income that you're trying to make per month. Start Now, Get Perfect Later. Learn on the go, not before you go, because every winner was once a beginner and every master was once a disaster.
1: Incredible. I love that. Um, when you started, though, let, let's uh, quickly go back to the beginning of, of you know, you, you had this sort of challenge where you was in, uh, in debt and you got into housing. I believe that was the case. And then, you know, luckily uh, or maybe, you know, through hard work, you, you did manage to make a success of that. Obviously, there was a lot of fear and doubts then. What was it like then? you know, in the beginning? um was you so sure that you could make it, or was it just that's, yeah that's-
0: because of what happened with my dad, I was just on this mission, <laughs> and I was just absolutely fueled with a fire inside of me making up for lost time and trying to you know like make right where I felt I'd wronged or got lost, so for me, it was I was quite motivated. I think probably the, the the bigger challenge is staying consistent over long periods of time. But there's still a lot of that pain there. There's still a bit of um, searching for who I am, and you know, wanting to be noticed and admired, and wanting to prove that I'm something for my dad and the doubters and the critics. So I'm still fueled and motivated by that. I'm trying to become more motivated. Not by those external factors, by but just wanting to do good work and be valuable to other people mm-hmm. and to feel good about myself without needing those external things. But, you know, whatever fuels your fire, fuels your fire. Um, so, yeah, I, I never really had a problem with motivation as such. Uh, it's just about trying to find what motivates you, that healthy motivation and using it and then putting all that energy into your purpose, your vision and your mission.
1: Awesome. Perfect. (laughs) Um, Right, Rob, I'm um, pretty much out of questions in a way uh, for this kind of concept and this kind of podcast. Um, Is it all right if I just let people know where they can find me, or is there anything you want to add on the end?
0: Yeah, so my podcast is The Disruptive Entrepreneur. um, And I've written books Money, Start Now, Get Perfect Later, Um, I'm Worth More, Life Leverage, Routine Equals Results. I've got a lot of books, and you just search my name, Rob more. You find me on all social media channels and I'm putting content out, not just daily, but hourly. So there's a lot of content out there for you. And yeah, Pete, if you'd like to do a shout out for your show, um, please do.
1: Yeah, of course. As I said, it's Potential from Thought to Execution. is the iTunes podcast, just from Thought to Execution. If you go to Facebook, you just search Potential. It's just potential with an E um, and you should be able to find us there. We've got private groups, live sessions, we do calls, all that kind of stuff and a website and all that. But, um, yeah, honestly, Rob, I can't uh, thank you enough for the time you've taken with us. The fact that you post every single day, you know, live sessions and stuff like that. I get to watch it whilst I'm in the morning and um, it's just like, oh, yeah, this is good content. Um, And this opportunity as well, giving back to people, it's rare that anyone would do it, you know what I mean, in in your sort of position. So I just want to say thank you to that and I'll support you the best way I can. Um, But, yeah, thanks I really appreciate it. Uh (laughs) Bye. Bye.